welcome to Dirt Road Divinity, the scenic route of the soul. I'm your host, Lisa Wade, and today we have the opportunity to hear from Ann Davis. Now, Ann is an incredible artist, but the last several years have brought unbelievable grief through the form of too many deaths, but also rebound and grit and leaning into her soul and big leaps of faith and art and exercise therapy and a willingness to just keep moving forward with life and business on her terms. And now Anne has an incredible business where she offers paintings and pies, beauty and deliciousness in the form of artesian pot pies that I'm telling you are good for the soul. Please enjoy this conversation with Ann Davis. So welcome to another episode of Dirt Road Divinity. I'm your host, Lisa Wade, and I am so excited to be talking today to Ann Davis. I've been a fan from afar. We'll just put it that way. And to, to watch your creativity and your grace and your courage and leaning into opportunity sometimes out of necessity and sometimes out of, you know, joy. Um, But it's been a beautiful thing to watch and see. So Anne is an artist and, and a pie maker, an artisan pie maker, among many other things. But I would love to talk about kind of how you first started leaning into, leaning into art. Into art. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. This is fun. Um, I, uh, of course, my husband was an artist and we went into business together in 1992. We moved back from Atlanta and to Muskogee and opened a business where he could do his art and I could do my interior design. And um, we'd live this, you know, mom and pop artist life. And, but the art was his end and I stuck to my end and a few years in, um, he, he kind of pushed me to doodle and do some things. And before long, I had an urge to develop a paper line, a stationary line. I love paper products. So I, in my, in my uh, spare time, came up with 48 designs and took them to New York to stationary show and launched a new business in 2001. We'd had our store for nine years at that point. And Callaway was a year and a half old. And so we started a new, a new road. We ended up having to close the store. Um, The stationary business took off way faster than I'd imagined it could. And before long, we were just um, in full production mode and, shipping the stores across the country and that was our life and Roger always had his art on the side and he did commissions and um lots of lots of you know art on his um in his spare time all the spare time we both had (laughs) which is hardly any but anyway um my my art was the doodle it was coming up with designs for imitations and um, stationary products that evolved into giftware that we, we produced and we did that until 2013 and uh, you know it's um, it's been a, a major 
a major step into a whole other art arena for me in the last eight years. So I had never really gone to canvas or, or anything that was big. Everything I did was to scale and small and ready for pre-press. And so anyway, yeah, um, you know, we had our little interruption. Of course, everything changed in 2013. So I don't know how you want to segue into that, but... <laughs> One of the, one of the things we share is is grief and is is death and you know in, in terms of the people that that we love that are close to us and so it feels like for for both of us that's been an opportunity for an opening of a different sort mm-hmm. and um, and in reading your bio, you know, really got the sense that there was there was something in that that helped to kind of open this pathway to canvas to almost art as healing for you as well. It did. Um, Roger died in April two thousand and thirteen, and I. Um, had to make some decisions by that summer about our business because um, because we were we were on the wholesale end dealing with retailers you know Christmas we're talking about Christmas in July so uh, I had to let them know if I was going to be there for them or not and I honestly uh, thought I would be able to to continue with the business and one day in June I was sitting at the dining room table with with um, two friends and I had a stack of wholesale accounts. I had about hundred we were gonna go through, new ones. Um, and we were, I was listening to them talk about some projections. Anyway, and I said, I just looked at my friend Christy and I said, I don't wanna do this. And she literally just looked back at me and shut her notebook and said, then don't. I said, I just don't want to do it without him. Okay, I have tissue. <laughs> There's a 0% chance that I, <laughs> that I won't cry. Um, and so I let it go. Um, I really just didn't know. I was in such, you know, you're in such a fog. I was in a, a state of shock, a state of um, just, it was so um, that I decided for myself was that, okay, you're going to get out of bed every morning. You're going to make your bed so you won't get back in it. And, and I did that. I mean, I stuck to that like clockwork. I would get up, make the bed, get him to school. Then, you know, from the time he got out of the car and I saw him go in the building, then I'd fall apart. You know, then I, then I would <laughs> cry until 2:45 when I had to pick him up and, you know, I'd get myself together and get him. And in the meantime, I would go, walk I was just soul searching you know I um I had been contacted I got a really sweet phone call from a lady maybe a week or so after Roger died and she was from grief share and she said you know we'd love for you to come to a meeting and said I understand how you feel I lost my husband last year Uh, I think she said it's like 57 years and I and it's lovely and and well-meaning as that phone call was when I heard that I just thought you got 57 years <laughs> and that was my first like, you got 57 years I got 20 you know one I'm like I just I didn't feel like I had anything to learn or share at that point so I did not go to any kind of grief counseling 
I hit, you know, I put my, my sneakers on and hit Honor Heights Park and we just walked, walk, 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 walk. Um, then when it started getting really hot that summer, I thought, I'm not going to be doing this for very long. It's going to be hard. <laughs> so I, I thought, um, okay, I'm going to take a leap that I've never taken. And I called Strictly Fitness and I thought, I'm going to get a personal trainer. And I got Brian Owsley, which I did not expect to get Brian. He's the owner and, you know, booked all the time. But I, I got him by the grace of God. And that was my therapy. You know, it was my physical therapy. Brian had, had lost a son a couple of years before. He understood my grief. He understood that I didn't want to talk or if I wanted to talk, you know, he knew when to put boxing gloves on me. Or, you know, just to kick my ass and make me sweat. Um, and it was, it was the therapy I needed. So, you know, that kind of rolled out my, my whole first six months of, of dealing with this. And um, by the time I really started picking up paint, I had started clearing out Roger's studio. And I gave... I gave him, he had tons of canvases and art supplies and I, I gave them to a friend of ours who's an artist and then there was one I couldn't it was too big and I couldn't fit in the car uh, our friend was in Oklahoma City and I, well I'll just keep this one for myself so the first canvas I painted was because I couldn't get it into the car uh, well might as well do something so I started um you know it wasn't for anyone but me I wasn't uh I wasn't trying to sell the art I was just trying to you know I was just trying to put it out there, just something to, to release. So that's kind of how it started. Two years later, I moved to Tulsa. Um, I got an actual real job and for the first time since I've been 23 years old and uh, moved to Tulsa. And then a year and a half after that, I lost that job and well, lost meaning I walked out. <laughs> which I don't recommend, but, you know, sometimes you just have your fill. Yep. <laughs> so like, I pick up paint again. You're used to working for yourself for so long and then go into the other dynamic. That can be a difficult transition. Yes. It, it is. It's a, you know, yeah, it is. I mean, artists, uh, art and design and uh all things, I used to say, we do all things beautiful. We make houses beautiful. We make walls beautiful. We make parties beautiful. We make, you know, um, it just uh, was a, an experience with people and for us that gave us a lot of freedom, a lot of joy. And so when I was in this job, which was a great job, I had great salary and, I, you know, that part was, was great. The company started going downhill though. And um, things got really tense and really just, it was stress that I did not need. You know, I, and I, I got to a point where I wasn't willing. I mean, there's no backup plan. There's no safety net. My people do not leave like life insurance. <laughs> you know, I mean, there are no benefits. It's, and I know, you know, a lot of people assume, they assume that, um, all these things are taken care of. Well, they're not. And uh, so really it was the ultimate step in self-care for me to walk out the door and just say, I'm done. 
I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to figure it out. It was three weeks before Christmas. Um, and so as luck would have it, I, I stepped into a really great situation with studio space at Urban Art Lab Studios with Rebecca Dosky uh, the month later and kind of launched a new art path. And that's, you know, it was, it's been tough going, <laughs> but, but, you know, it's, it is what it is. That's the life of an artist. It feels like you find joy there. I mean, just seeing how your face just lit up when you said, and I launched a new art path. <laughs> it's like, well, you know, it, um, there is so much satisfaction and joy in working for yourself. You never work harder than when you work for yourself. Um, there were so many times during the years when, you know, Roger and I would get so frustrated and, and I'd say, you just gotta go get a job or, you know, whatever. And then, then you know, at night we'd sit there and say, well, what are you gonna do? Go work really hard for somebody else? Let's just work harder for us. I mean, we're a little burned out or, you know, things are a little tense. Well, you know, let's just fire it up for us, for us. And that's how we, it just always ended up happening that way. We would just, you know, go into an, an, the next gear. And uh, there's a lot of joy in that. There's not a lot of security in that. There's not, you know, the benefit package, but the benefit was we got to be at every single thing at school. We got to call, you know, call our shots and our hours. And, and to me, that was the biggest benefit. We had, you know, an only child that needed us and got us in, you know, in maybe, you know, just not such a traditional way as other kids. So it was worth it. Your passion and your life at the same time, which that freedom is, you know, when you say freedom, sometimes it feels like shackles to the job because it's like you're always working to some extent when you work for yourself. But at the same time, you get to determine the hours and, and where your attention goes right right now. If one of the things you just said, though, had to do with you didn't know how, like what was going to come next or, or the when, when you left the job and it was like, ah, I don't know, right before Christmas, but it was the best thing you could do for your own health and well-being at that time. It feels like there has been this underlying kind of faith or trust or something, you know, underneath all of that that maybe, Absolutely. yeah, allowed that to be more possible. You know, I've always been somebody who jumps. Mm -hmm. I'm a leaper. I will, I jump feet first, um, blinders on. And it was, it was a lot like that when we left Atlanta, uh, the decision to, to, I had a great job in Atlanta. I loved my job, but we had an opportunity to move back. And we were at the age in our, you know, late twenties that we were missing things. We were missing we were missing friends' weddings. We were missing, we were missing uh, babies and all the, you know, all this stuff. And so to get back to Oklahoma was something that became pretty important. And within a matter of two days, I had talked to a friend who wanted to sell her business. I'm sorry, Lily's going to bark. Love it. <laughs> I miss the random dog barks in my life. So thank you for sharing. And <laughs> uh, we, we just, we, in 48 hours, my dad had, um, had a plane ticket for me to come back to sign a loan for this business. And 
it just so happened that the company's president was coming into Atlanta um, at that week. And I gave my resignation to him as I was taking him to the airport. Um, Roger, you know, gave his notice and we packed up and, and moved back. And it was such a quick decision, but it was so, it was just exciting and scary. And, um, you know, it was what we needed to do. So I mean, we drove back from Atlanta. We had so little money, which is our, uh, has been my life, but we would stop at toll gate. I'd have to stop and get him changed, take him changed to get through the toll gate or, you know, whatever. And so, you know, that's just, that's just how it started and how it went, but leap, it was a leap of faith. And um, I don't know, I'm like, what's the worst that can happen? But I always think that, I'm like, what's, what's the worst that can happen? And what if it, you know, what if it works out great? Just what it is. Mm. And, and I love the, and what if it works out great? You know, being willing to lean into the positive what ifs when so many people get caught in the negative what ifs, you know, but okay, let's, let's just see what, what could the positive side of this be? Well, and when, and that move, that move took um, a lot of sacrifice. You know, I say, I I guess I was, I was pretty spoiled at that point. I mean, with, um, with my salary and, you know, first thing I did, I remember I cut Cut my Neiman's card, cut my Saks card, cut up, you know, I'm cutting up credit cards going, okay, I don't need these. Um, hold my little BMW, you know, like I don't need any of these. I'm, we're gonna be in our we we can share one car. Um, we're gonna live in above, above my dad's office in this apartment, and it's what we're gonna do. And um it was fun, it was exciting. It was, you know, uh putting our stamp and and introducing ourselves back into my hometown where Roger hadn't grown up was uh was wonderful and he fit in you know just like just like a native <laughs> so um it, it was good it was really good wonderful you know when you said what's the worst that can happen and yeah. then you experience pretty awful thing ha- yeah. happening um you know roger's death was uh, his illness and then really quickly thereafter his death was totally unexpected from it was 23 days yeah. from diagnosis to um to the day he died and you know um we never had a prognosis we never nobody ever told us if it was i mean we knew when they say it's stage 4b pancreatic cancer um you know, we knew, knew it was bad, but I thought he would be, I thought I'd have him until the holidays, maybe. Although, you know, when I pictured that in my head, that it just broke my heart thinking what that might look like. And so he, he just failed so quickly that, um, and it took me a while to realize what a blessing it really was, you know, that he, he never even made it to a chemo treatment. So it, it was, um, it was shocking. It was unimaginable. I, you know, I still can't believe that he's gone. You know, I don't know. I don't understand that, but not for me to understand. Right. And, you know, you mentioned the, the 
folks re reaching out from grief share and and <laughs> this idea that grief's supposed to look a certain way and there are these steps that you move through these steps and it's some linear process and then you're just done and aren't you done grieving yet you know all, all this stuff from the outside world about how it should look and grief's weird it's weird grief is very weird and i um you know, and there are different kinds of grief, you know, people grieve from divorce and um, other situations. And, but when you're a widow or a widower, there are certain, you know, uh, norms that society puts on you that, you know, the widow rules, you know, are you, um, Are you having too much fun? Are you laughing too much? Are you, you know, well, oh my gosh, you know, she sure seems to be having a good time or uh, that kind of thing that a person who's gone through a divorce doesn't deal with. A person who goes through divorce, her people are going, you go girl. Yeah. Get out there. You know, and, but it's, um, it was really eye-opening to me. I mean, um, my first, my, my concerns were my parents, you know, how am I, how am I going to, to deal with this and, um, and my son. And one of the hardest things for me was the realization that where my comfort was, where our, um, in our friends group, which we, you know, so tight knit, such a, I mean, amazing, amazing, amazing group of friends and families. And um, when I, you know, when football season ran, rolled around and I would of course go, but I, it was like my right arm was cut off, you know, mm. and it just was not, yeah. it, it hurt me more than just staying at home and being quiet. It hurt me to be by myself, to see, you know, everything moving on. Um, of course, I was surrounded in love. And I mean, my dance card was full. People did not, you know, they didn't forget me or leave me out. Um, that was, that was just, you know, abundant. But it's hard to explain when that, when the people that have been your family and your Comfort, it, it's just, you know, it's not doing it. So I really went to into a point where I just needed to be quiet. I needed to be, um, I wanted to work out. I wanted to leave town. It was, um, you know, I would go to Tulsa or Oklahoma City for any excuse I could find just to be on the road. I love road therapy. Yes. It's quiet, blaring music. Um, my mom used to say, well, she calls, well, you haven't called or you're not talking. You need to talk. And I said, no, I don't. No, mom, I don't. Or she'd say, you have to talk. Like, no, I don't. You know, I really don't. I just um, need to, I just, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, I'm just taking this day by day. There's, you know, there's nothing else you can do. You have, you know, days where 
you can't get out of bed, but you have to. Um, there's some days that are better, but I remember the first time um, it was that, oh, it was, well, it was right for the holidays. I was going to Oklahoma City. A friend was going to take me to this fancy, fancy party. Um, and I, I thought, oh my gosh, how am I going to tell my parents that I'm, and it was just a, it was just a friend thing. It wasn't, you know, but it was a date, but it was not, you know, anyway, I had to tell my parents that I was going and I thought, I don't know, I was just so stressed out about it. And, um, because I was going to spend the weekend and my dad sat there and he said, um, he was kind of quiet for a minute and he said, well, can I buy you a new dress? <laughs> and yeah, I know. Oh, perfect. I'm, perfect. Yeah. I know. And I remember, I mean, when he when he said that, I thought, I don't care what anybody else thinks. Yep. Yeah. I know. Yeah. It was the sweetest, best. Mm. And yeah, right. Yeah. That's but, a hard um, hug right there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yes. Yes. It feels like, I mean, as you're talking and, and about getting quiet and focusing on exercise, you know, just moving your body. Um, it feels like you kind of allowed yourself to tap more into you, like what makes antic, what, what stirs your soul. Um, and, and it, is that part of what helped birth like the next, the next creations in your life, you know, in terms of the art and then I, I'm dying to talk about pies soon too, you know? but, but do you feel more aligned with, with who you really are than maybe even you did before in some ways? You know, uh, one thing I heard a lot in the beginning, um, you know, after Roger died was uh, you need to take care of yourself. You need and I thought, what? Well, I do take care of myself. What do you mean? Uh, Self care came up. Well, you need to, you need to pamper yourself. Well, I was not a pamperer. I'm not. A, I, oh my gosh, Lisa. I, you know, I was 48 years old and had never had a pedicure. I had never had a massage. I had not had a manicure since my wedding. I, it wasn't my thing. You know, I'm, I'm not a shopper. I mean, I wasn't. You know. I, Roger and I had one set of teeth. We, you know, um, we had this life that really just centered around our business and home. And, um, and so when people were saying, well, you need to practice self-care, I honest to God, almost, I mean, I didn't know really what they meant. So self-care to me is just taking time I mean you know it's um and really Brian Owsley was the most indulgent thing I've ever done for myself mm -hmm. um absolute necessity but um you know I'd never I, I had a lot of guilt about that I wasn't really a person who could afford a, a personal trainer but I couldn't afford not to yep. so you know um yeah it's launching into to your true self to find yourself again, I you know I really didn't know who I was without Roger. We were a duo, um, so 
that that was um, definitely just a it was a path that I had to force a little bit, but it came naturally at the same time. You know, I've always kind of done what what I want to do, so that part came naturally. But uh, doing it alone, going out there solo, and trying new things, it was you know. New, you know, it was new to everybody, I guess. It was not, not a planned journey. The unexpected happens. And then <laughs> you get to decide how to respond to that. And so it sounds like you leaned into you first. You know, I mean, always there for, for Callaway, of, of course, but also willing to be there for you. And, and then you leaped. Well, and I had to, you know, I had to, with Callaway, I, my goal, somebody said early on, and they didn't mean anything by it, but you know, that whole, uh, oh, you're the man of the house thing. Somebody said that earlier, and I thought, oh, no, he's not. He's a kid. He's absolutely not the man of the house. None of this is his responsibility or, you know, um, I, my goal at that point is going, is going into eighth grade. My goal was to get him through high school strong and ready to leave the nest. I did not want him to worry about me. I did not want him to worry about leaving me, um, which you'll, I mean, I know you're getting ready to, <laughs> to feel some of this too with your nest, uh, your little bird leaving. And uh, maybe it might, maybe having a boy is a little bit easier. They're not quite as attached as I think girls can be, but um, you know, that was a goal. So by the time he got into his senior year, that was the time that was you know about the time when I was searching for new jobs and had started you know with uh, urban art lab with an art um, with side gig of art which really was full-time you know I had like 30 I, I, I applied for like 33 jobs people were like well just get a real job I tried mm -hmm. not so easy at 52 um you know that was a terrible time of a real eye-opener and um, you know I didn't get a job uh, I didn't get a, a part-time job at Gill Creek's in the gift shop for like eight dollars an hour my letter came back that said um, they had somebody who's more qualified <laughs> I'm mean, like oh my god <laughs> so yeah I, I I embarked on art but I had to I had to you know I had to stay afloat I had to make a living somehow um so thank goodness you know I had I had that to fall back on and I had design jobs that um that I started picking up again so so tell me about the situation that helped to birth a chicken pot pie <laughs> <laughs> I into the pie chick I, I mean what happened I love this story. And where did this idea come from? Was this uh, intuition? Was your soul talking? Was it what? How did the? How was this born? Well, so the backstory to the pie. Um, so I had um, I had my, my friend Hugh, who we had dated for a couple of years, and I and then he turned out he's my best friend the last two years. And anyway, 
I made him a chicken pot pie one night. I just made it from scratch. It sounded good. It was cold out and, and, um, I just whipped one up and he, he said, um, oh my gosh, that's the best chicken pot pie I've ever had. And I, um, I didn't think a whole lot about it. I mean, we're talking about four years ago. Mm -hmm. So, uh, he wanted me to make him another one a few weeks later and I did. And then he wanted me to make 12 for everybody for, uh, for Christmas. So I did that. Well, he used to laugh and say, this is going to be your fallback. This is your plan B. And he'd send me, if he'd see a food truck on Craigslist or something, he'd send me a link going, no, no. I mean, I had no interest in the food business. I'm, you know, I've never worked in a restaurant. I'm not, I had nothing about that, but we'd laugh about it. And, um, so skip ahead and two years, um, after much, much, much growth and coming a long way from losing Roger, um, the big twist was in October of 2019, I lost Hugh suddenly um, in a car crash. Mm -hmm. And um, it was the unbelievably tragic and um, it sent me back. It's, I used to say about Roger dying from cancer and having those two weeks, even though they were just two weeks, I would say, but at least we didn't get a knock on the door. That to me, I just would, I mean, I just couldn't imagine. And then I got the knock on the door. And um, my life tailspin. I, I just, I really went into tailspin. I, I know a lot of people don't understand how, you know, like that. yeah, but he wasn't your husband. He wasn't, no, but he was, he was my, he was my person. Yeah. He was, I could call him for anything. He gave me space to paint. When I quit my job, we were, you know, we were dating Well, he had this workshop and then he finished the workshop and he helped me build frames and he helped me and he gave me, he taught me how to use power tools. He gave me power tools. He, um, he was just everything to me. Um, and when I lost him, it's like everything just, I just went in to total backspin. Um, my whole, it's like all my work that I had done just, you know, got erased. I started having panic attacks for the first time. Thought I was having a stroke. I mean, things like that. Uh, and then January, a few months later, you know, it's not a huge, a huge month um, for art. And design work, it's usually kind of a slow time. And sure enough, you know, Callaway, his alternator went out on his car. I just got in his car out of the shop. Um, took me weeks to, to do that. And then he's, you know, calling me with, with this. And I'm like, no, <laughs> it's not going out. It can't. But it was. And so I, luckily, I was having a couple come to the house that Saturday. It's Thursday. I said, well, just wait. They'd bought art before and they were coming and I, I just wasn't that worried. Well, they came and they didn't buy art. So I was sitting there that Saturday night thinking, well, what am I going to do now? And I honestly, I, it was like I could just hear you say make pies. Um, and I put it out there on a whim on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Hey, Callaway needs a new alternator. Um, you know, I'll make pies. 
was a one-day thing. It was just, you know, sign up. Well, one day turned into Monday, you know, Sunday turned into Monday, turned into Tuesday. And I've been around the block enough to know <laughs> when, you know, when you're on to something and I, it was obvious. I mean, people I didn't know were hearing all, you know, in, in a matter of just, you know, a couple of days and contacting me. So I made a Facebook page and I got it off of my personal page. And uh, then as luck would have it, one of my sweet, sweet friends, Suzanne Blair, she was uh, the director of designer showcase and she was having a meeting she picked up pies for her for the lunch meeting and kathy taylor was there and so uh, the former mayor and she started you know mother road market and anyway uh suanne is texting me saying kathy taylor just had another helping kathy taylor wants to know who you are kathy taylor says you need to go to kitchen 66 launch program and i'm like does kathy taylor know i don't do this for a living <laughs> And so the end of January was the deadline to apply for, for the launch program. And I thought, okay, if I don't do it now, I'll have to wait until they do a fall class. I might as well just apply. And I got in, I did. It was like a little shark tank thing. You go and you, you present and then you get called back anyway. I, I got in the launch program and that Thai chick was born and it, um, they haven't stopped since. It's crazy. It's the damnedest thing. <laughs> like, you know, um, it's been, it has been the biggest godsend. One of the funniest things was um, just, just by necessity, I switched this from people coming to my condo to pick it up because Lily would throw a fit. I would just go to my alley and I'll take it to your car. That was in January. Um, I had not even heard of COVID. So I was doing curbside and then COVID hit and I was in the launch program and that kind of, it didn't stop it. But of course, you know, we all had to adjust yeah. and pivot, um, but it could not have come at a better time. I'm still, I still laugh about, you know, my paintings and pies is, is just the weirdest little business, but it is what it is. And, you know, it's so, and. <laughs> And I love it. And your pies are so delicious. So delicious. I, I mean, just amazing. And the variety and, you know, anytime that, that I've bought pies to then share with other people, they're every time, oh my God, this is the best. This is the best pie I have ever tasted. You know, the savory and the, I mean, just yum, but they're beautiful too. Who knew a pot pie could be beautiful? I, who knew this? You know, that, um, that, because I am not, I'm not a baker. I'm not a cook. I'm not a restaurant person at all. I'm a retailer at heart, you know, um, and a wholesaler. But I, I know that um, with Lovey and Dodd, you know, I never wanted my invitations to look like anybody else's. No, you know, I don't, I hate copying. And I really work hard to, to stamp my signature on whatever it is I'm doing. Um, because I want somebody to say, I knew that was yours immediately. So I did not invent the pot pie, um, but how am I going to make this, how am I gonna set this part? And and it is also in my nature too, to take something and make it harder, <laughs> you know. Or more beautiful, depending on how you look at it. <laughs> so, yes, I mean, you know, how can we amp this up a little bit? Mm -hmm. uh, 
And so, you know, the design of the pies has been a big hit and something that does set it apart and people love, you know, I remember, you know, when people first started taking them as gifts, they'd say, oh, well, this is my new casserole or, um, you know, I have people who, um, especially this year, so many people said, well, my friend just got out of the hospital or uh, my friend just lost her mother or father or whatever, you know, and they want to take them. And it's just, I mean, it is, it is just so filling to think that, um, that something I'm doing can bring someone joy or comfort and, um, that, you know, it's not art. I mean, <laughs> well, I guess it is. I say that. Yeah, absolutely. There's food art. Absolutely. Yeah. So tell, tell us a little bit about the new studio. So painting and pies that you've got, you've got a storefront now and you're no longer, you know, dealing pies in the back alley. <laughs> That's where I've always picked up my pies. I can't wait to come visit your studio. <laughs> so let's, you know, jump in this pandemic why not i mean what's there to lose what could go wrong i don't know i mean you know everything nothing uh, it's uh it's just another leap of faith and uh you know when i when i had when i was jobless see i hate i hate saying unemployed jobless because i never have been i mean i can always peddle my wares i can i can just reinvent myself um, I would just, if, instead of saying self, I, or I, I'm unemployed, no, I'm just self-employed again. Yep. <laughs> um, but, you know, what's the worst that can happen? It's, um, it, it just, I don't know. Um, I guess it's just in my blood. You know, my dad was always in business for himself and my parents worked together a lot. Roger's dad was a company man. He was with IBM for 40, 40 years, you know, so they, I came from a whole different idea. My dad always said, I and mean, he didn't have a retirement plan. He would say, why would I, why would I want to stop doing something I love? Um, you know, he got me, he got, he didn't always understand the art or the, or the stationary business or even the design business. But he understood the passion and he understood the independence. Yeah. And, you know, he, um, and he always, he, you know, both of my parents, I mean, my parents were just the sweetest and um, so supportive. But I was raised like that. I didn't, um, I don't know. I just, we didn't have safety nets <laughs> in our family. You just, you know, I mean, like, you know, you apply for 33 jobs and you don't get one. There's a reason. I mean, the world is telling you no. And, you know, and, 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 and on the flip side, people who don't understand that, that's hard too, because I had a lot of people, um, most, you know, families who would say, well, just get a job, just get any job. Well, just get any job. What for minimum wage, for two dollars over minimum wage? How am I supposed to pay rent for that? You know, the odds are in my favor. If I, if I just, you know, kick it in, 
and can sell myself and my art, I can make way more than that. And it's not soul sucking. Yep. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> I mean that, and that's the part that they don't understand. I understand that when you, when when you're wired like I am, <laughs> um, that give and take. There's really, it's just not a, it's just not a, not up for discussion. It's. I get it. I don't have a choice in that. Um, it, it's do or die. I, you know, I just, I would rather, I would always rather just um, have that joy of um, maybe the unknown too. You know, there's, there's some adrenaline that can rush. It's a, it's stressful, but I, you know, it's what I know. It's just kind of what I know. I don't know the pie business. That's a thing. <laughs> This is the thing I have not known the most about is this business. Um, not second nature for me. It, however, the people end of it and the product end of it are things that, you know, that are in my wheelhouse, mm-hmm. but I don't want to be a restaurant. I don't want to be a bakery. I, I, I um, one of the things that I surprised myself so much about is my power to say no, which never came easy. I, oh, recovering people pleaser. Yep. You know, when you are in design and retail and my whole life was about making everybody else's life pretty and better and, you know, doing all that way before, you know, it was, it would ever be my turn. Um, we didn't say no. I didn't say no. I said yes, of course I said yes. But um, I thought when I knew that this was that this had legs, I thought, okay, and <laughs> here you go again, you know. Um, and I knew right off the bat, you know, I, I love there's a uh, I follow it on Facebook. I think it's called the power of yes. I believe in the power of yes. I really believe in the power of no. Complete sentence right there. Needs no explanation. I mean, it is empowering. You say no the first time when you are a lifelong habitual people pleaser. Mm -hmm. It is, I mean, wow. I did that. Power. (laughs) (laughs) Another point, like, have you lost your mind? What? No, no. You you know that word? (laughs) Yeah. The old me would have been killing myself to figure out gluten-free and to do this and this and I'm like, no, no. I had somebody in the beginning, like, will you make a, can I get one without onions? I'm like, no. No, no, this is how I'm going to do it. Um, I have, I have nobody helping me with this. Mm-hmm. So um, the only way I knew it was going to work if it was on my terms yeah oh yeah it Ooh, I just love has to be it just has to be it um I don't want to feel you know for years I felt guilty if I went to sleep if I slept Lisa that is not the way we're supposed to live you know yeah. I mean um to set my own hours again with this, which, you know, it's such a weird business. I mean, I, 
only have pickups, you know, a few a few days a week, and it's three to six, maybe Tuesday through Friday, or maybe it's Wednesday through Friday, or like today it's not because I'm doing this. Um, that's the way it's got to be. And the thing is, the golden thing, people are amazing. They let me. They're fine. They're cool with it. You know, it's just um, I um, I have so much support from everyone, from the way they tell their friends to what the way they let me do this. I just don't get a lot of pushback on how I'm doing. Well, as soon as they understand how I do it, it's like, oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. Yep. That's how it is. I'll do it. Yep. Um, I don't know where it's going. I, um, you know, I have an idea of kind of where, um, where I'd like it to go, but I don't want, I don't want to rush things. You know, I want with Levy and Dodge, you know, things can, you can grow too quickly. That happened with Levy and Dodge it, that first year, first year and a half, our growing pains were horrendous because it was way bigger than, um, than we imagined could happen in that amount of time. You know, that was, that was what I had looked at at like a five-year goal. Um, so I know that, you know, I don't want something like that to happen. I don't want to be burned out. I don't want to hate it. I don't want to cry. <laughs> you know, I don't want to cry or cry. I want this to be, <laughs> I want this to be, um, I want this to take its course. And um, that doesn't mean that I'm not thinking ahead. And that, you know, somebody asked me the other day, well, are you working today? And I'm like, and I know they just meant, you know, are you open down there? I'm like, I am working every minute that I'm awake. Yeah. I am, my brain never stops. I am in my marketing meeting, me and me, myself, and I. I'm in VR, I'm in research and development. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, whatever it is, production uh, manager, the and then somebody's got to make the daggum pies. So, you know, I can't be down. I can't be two places at the same time. So, um, you know, uh, I don't know. I, I, I honestly, I just don't know how this is going to, uh, roll out. You know, someday we're, we're not going to be in a pandemic. We're not going to be, uh, tied up at home. Although, uh, I, I know just from the number of people I've had a chance to talk to that uh, this, you know, not everybody can put a meal on their table. Uh, it was always important to me. I grew up, I grew up, we, we were together at dinner at the table and that was important to me when Callie was growing up. Uh, it's important to people now. They just can't always do it. So if I can help them do it, then that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. You know, I remember even Thanksgiving had plans for, you know, the big Thanksgiving spread, but I was already cooking on Wednesday before Thanksgiving for Thanksgiving. So the last thing I wanted to figure out is what am I making for dinner tonight? Yeah. It was one of Ann's pies. That's what was for dinner that night. And it was perfect. It was perfect, perfect and easy perfect. and beautiful and delicious. And, you know, other people enjoyed it and it was, it was perfect. And I was so grateful that that was that that was an option. That that oh, was. Thank you. And it's been a wild ride, and you know, um, I mean, it just it has killed me 
that he has was wasn't around to see this happen. Um, don't you think he's watching? Think, them? Don't you don't you think he's he's seeing and 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 the four leaf clovers and it almost feels like he's around you all the time. I mean, just from watching, yeah. You know, he he is. Um, I have a lot of angels. Um, you know, uh, right after Roger died, actually the week that Roger died, um, so many people were coming in and out of the house, and I, it was Thursday. He died on Tuesday. On Thursday, about five o'clock, and people started showing up again. And I, I went upstairs. Um, I, I thought oh, I better run upstairs and try to get ready. And I was, I was standing in my bathroom. The door was open, and um, I've had two encounters where, you know, are we going to talk spiritual? <laughs> yes, please. Let's go there. Um, so I was um, standing there and I felt somebody go like this down, down my back. So much so that I turned around. I mean, I turned around because it was physical. T- I mean, I could, yeah. I was not imagining it. Yep. Um, I turned around and nobody's there. And I thought, that was just the weirdest thing. Um, you know, the day that he died, the day that Roger died, I was lying in bed next to him. It was the middle of the afternoon. And I didn't realize that he was in the final stages. Mm-hmm. The, the absolute, absolute, you know, final stages. And he was, he was seeing people. Mm-hmm. And he was kind of you know in and out because he was heavily medicated, but he went and he goes, There they are. And I said, Who see? And he said, and he and his head, you know, he was just turning, he was looking at in the corner of the room, um, very content, like very, you know, there, he was in awe. And then he, you know, a little while later he did it again. There they are again. And um I he, he was surrounded by angels mm. and his guides and um my that was that was the point that was the, the day that I knew first of all I was not afraid of dying mm-hmm. not afraid of dying don't want to I mean not excited about it but you know but, I'm excited to live uh, but yeah <laughs> um, but no I'm not I'm not afraid of it um, I think it's part of my nature to question things. I mean, I want, I want to know more. I, I don't, uh, I was raised in the church. I was raised in the Methodist church. I kind of feel like, I feel like I learned everything I needed to know, um, you know, by kindergarten. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, love your neighbor as, as yourself. I knew the Ten Commandments. I knew, you know, I knew. Um, that Jesus loved the little children, all the little children of the world. Yeah, you know, which include all the power. I mean, I was God was love. It was not. I was not fearful of God. I was not raised like that. You know, I um. So, and we were there every week. Of course, I wasn't. You know, big um, biblical scholar by any means, but I, you know, I, I got my basics. I think that it's pretty simple to live a life um, that's well-meaning and that 
full of love and we're all infallible and we all, you know, um, we all mess up. But when we first got married and moved back to, to Muskogee, one day I told Roger, we were driving and I said, you know, we're going to have to start going to church. So I knew, I knew it was coming. My mom was, you know, she was waiting. <laughs> and he said, and he said, um, you know, he was fine with it, but he said, you know, I feel like when I paint, um, I honor God mm. every day, which was actually the deepest thing that he had probably ever said. And I remember going, whoa, God, he, that was okay. You know, I, I, I love that. Um, I think, um, my faith has been tested. I, I can't imagine if I'm going to get tested anymore. I don't know. <laughs> my, uh, I say that I am spiritual, that I am not religious, which is true. Um, I love the path that you've been taking. That's been so interesting to me. And, um, and I know that you're, you know, you're, you search too. I mean, I, I just feel like, it's not that I don't believe in God. I believe in, in a divine creator. And I, you know, I do, but I believe it is so much more than that. I think that it's beyond and cannot be explained or contained for me in a Bible of scripture. You know, um, I feel like if, um, you know, I don't know. I just, uh, I know I'm surrounded by, by my guides and, and I try to listen. My quiet time helps with that. And I really, when he died, um, I was really alone in it. I mean, with the exception of his family, uh, it was so, it was so different than losing Roger. I was, I would, you know, it was just um, me. And I really turned to uh, searching online for meditation. And um, I was having panic attacks that I, mean, I thought, thought I was having a stroke on the highway one day and called my friend Deanne to tell her because I needed, I thought, do you need to know where I am? Because I'm about to have a stroke. And nobody's, you know, nobody's going to be able to find me. And I called his sister because I was actually on my way to meet her at his house. And uh, um, I had to bail out of the car, could not breathe. Then it happened to me a few weeks later on my way to Muskogee. And same thing. I had to, I had to bail. I thought I was stroking out, couldn't breathe. I um, got to, I was working on a law office in Muskogee. I thought, you know, I'm, look how crazy ass I was like. I thought my car was poisoning me at, my, at that point. I did not recognize it as a panic attack. Mm -hmm. um, and it was so scary. So, and that was just in like November. So I had to start practicing a lot of stuff that um, quickly yeah. to get myself into um, a meditative healing path. Um, 
And there were times that I just did not even think I could, I didn't think I was going to survive it. I really didn't. I thought this, this is, this is going to be in the end. Um, not long after that, I was, well, no, actually before that, maybe a couple of weeks into, right after Hugh died, I, I had my meditation. Uh, I had my earbuds in, you know, I was listening to guided meditation and just like that, that swipe down my arm, mm -hmm. I felt someone rubbing my head mm -hmm. and I was, and it was, you know, I was wide awake. I could feel it. And, um, and I'm pretty sure it was my mom <laughs> because she would always pat my hair and pat my hair. I always pat my hair. Um, I think sometimes maybe they, maybe you're calling them in so strongly that they have to make a little physical gesture, you know, that um, those aren't things that, that you're imagining. Then the four leaf clover thing started in March and it happened on um, St. Patrick's Day, I was with my friend Deanne, and a friend of ours on Facebook had posted that she had found a four-leaf clover. And I was so daggum jealous because I have looked for four-leaf clovers my entire life, and I have never found one, ever. And I told Deanne that day, I said, I can't remember who our friend was that had found one, but I said, somebody's found a four-leaf clover. And um, then the next day, I was out at Hughes, and his sister and her grandson were out there and uh, it was a beautiful day and but it was an emotional day it's always you know this just not a day that goes by that doesn't get emotional but I went out on the court on the front porch and I said Hugh you need to let me know that you're here I need to know if you want a four-leaf clover and I swear to God I stepped off the porch I went around the side of the house where his dog Jack had been buried. And um, I didn't even have to look. I, I, I saw the floor clover, plucked it up. And then I had, within five minutes, I had a dozen. And I am just bawling. And I went around to find, to find Linda. And I'm like, oh, my God. You know? <laughs> well, <laughs> then they just would have, I couldn't stop finding them. When I walked Lily, whenever I asked him for them, there they were. I would, I would feel myself being drawn to them, to a patch. Mm -hmm. Sure enough. And I'm not down on my knees digging through at all. I can see them. You know, it's like, there it is. So I have like 280 now. <laughs> 280 four leaf clovers? <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah, <laughs> prosperity. Yeah. prosperity comes in all kinds of ways. <laughs> it does, you know, but I mean, no one will ever, I mean, there are people that go, well, that's just a weird coincidence. Well, no, you're not going to convince me of that at all. No, no, I no. mean, I have, um, you know, I just, um, no, I just know. I love that. Yeah. So it feels like, you know, you're never really alone. Do you feel that? Um, 
you know, well, spiritually, spiritually, yes or no, but physically, you know, I, I live a very, uh, I hate saying lonely, that stuff. I'm alone 99% of the time. Um, you know, one of the things that after Roger died and I, I really, I, I had been on Facebook a lot. Anyway, I stayed on Facebook. What it allowed me to do was to make a presence, Mm -hmm. to put something out there where people would know that I'm alive. I'm not, you know. But I didn't have to really connect and, and talk to anybody. So I used to say, oh, yeah, well, I'm Facebook fabulous, you know. <laughs> you don't want to see what's going on behind door number one. Um, and and it's, I'm still like that a lot. Uh, I'm much more introverted than people think I am. Somebody laughed at me for saying that one time. I'm like, <laughs> I get that. Trust me. Yes, I am. Yeah. I mean, I am. I, I, um, I mean, I understand that I, for, for a lot of people, my personality is bold or, or, you know, gregarious or whatever. And, you know, that is my nature too, but I'm very selective mm-hmm. now. Um, my, my level and my tolerance for bullshit <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Forget it. Is non. I mean, like it's like me. Um, I don't like small talk. Mm-hmm. I don't like. Um, I mean, you know, it's it's been hard this year. You're watching. I'm trying. I'm going to try to choose my words carefully because I don't want. It's been hard during this pandemic where stress levels, it, it, people are, you know, they're at, they're in, they're in, uh, they're in a position that they're, they're not used to being in. They don't understand this loneliness. I, I was built for the pandemic. I mean, I've, I've been training for the pandemic yep. <laughs> for years. This is how I live without a job, you know, people panicking. Well, I wasn't panicking because I learned, I, I mean, I've had $5 for one week many times i know how to be broke i know that i go in monday and i pay whatever i can on everything i can every monday and i you know and i spread it out and i learn how i've learned how to to ride this um you know it's a skill level that a lot of people do not have and not only do they not have that they do not have the ability to be alone i'm like Wow, I mean, it was shocking to me almost to realize that um, I had become so used to my life that I wasn't freaking out. I mean, you know, I didn't start freaking out until the election, yeah. <laughs> until, until I started, you know, losing my faith in people. That <laughs> that was. That was, um, you know, it was a hard year for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah. But, 
I kept saying from people, well, you don't want to lose, you don't want to lose people because of their uh, difference in political views or whatever. I'm like, hell, I don't. <laughs> I mean, this I'm sorry, you all clearly have not gotten the message that life is short <laughs> and that people, this is, you know, this is, this does not last forever. Yeah. And my time, I mean, yeah, no, I can choose. <laughs> I easily and without guilt. And I don't, you know, I, um, I don't care to spend time with nonsense and bullshit. Yeah. And fake crap. I don't have time for that. Yeah. I want to go deep. I want to, I mean, I want to go deep. I want to lean in and go deep. I want, you know, there's nothing anyone can tell me that honestly would shock me or, I mean, well, <laughs> but I mean, like, no, I mean, on a personal level, <laughs> I have been through so much that people don't even know, um, you know, leading up to all of this that um, I just, I just, I just want to be real. You know, I don't, I don't know what the rules are as far as, you know, I don't care what the rules are. Yeah, I was going to say and screw them, whatever they are. <laughs> the, rule is, the rule is for the rule. I mean, um, you know, so while I'm lucky that I am always guided by uh, my creativity as an outlet, um, being alone sucks. It's hard. And it's, um, you know, I mean, I don't date. I don't, you know, I don't, in my last first date was two years ago. I'm not, um, you know, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm, I'm underqualified. <laughs> I feel like I'm underqualified for relationships. Um, you know, I've had so much just dealing with the grief, dealing with, you know, losing my parents too, and, and all of that, uh, personal growth and business and keeping a roof above my head and a car, you know, going and that sort of thing that, um, you know, I don't know, maybe it's just, um, enough to keep you busy right there yeah. too much to keep too much for some people you know <laughs> I I don't know um I've watched you know from afar your journey and you know when when Roger died the community was heartbroken because he was just such a just such an icon within the community and so well loved you know just so well loved um but then watching with you and I'll tell you my heart broke for you especially with the second you know with that second situation because I was just like oh I, I had just you know gone through my own experience and then to see that and I thought good lord give the had this week for goodness sake you know and I'll never understand it I I, I and the thing about Roger's death and and having someone you love who's sick is that you there is a relief that they're that they're not going through that yeah yeah you can't you know it's nobody's fault I mean yeah. when, so, 
that with Hugh, you know, and it's just, we've talked about this so much, but um, you feel like you could have changed the situation, yeah. you know, an accident, an accident, are you kidding me? I mean, you know, what if, it, it's like that sliding doors, you know, yeah. which yep. sliding door, he was perfectly healthy. It, you know, it was a horrendous wreck. Mm-hmm. And Buddy was with him. His dog, you know, our dog best friend. I mean, like, <laughs> damn, even the dog died. I'm like, are you, I mean, you know, it's like, what else is going to happen here? Yeah. Um, to lose them is hard enough to know what great guys they were. And, you know, that that just blows my mind. Roger was the sweetest and so loved. Thank you for saying all that. And it's so true. I mean, Muskogee wrapped his wrapped its arms around him from day one. And um and there was just, you know, what's not to love? He was just kind and uh he was just a great guy and he was a lot like him. Um I remember when I met Hugh I heard from his friends, they said, oh, he's the greatest guy. He's the greatest guy. Like, last time I heard that was when I met Roger Davis. Mm-hmm. Not one person had a bad thing to say about him. I thought, uh-oh. Um, but, you know, um, as, as this year unfolded too, and as this grief, I mean, the anger comes out. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm angry. I'm mad as hell. Yeah. And um and rightfully so I think I I think you know I think I'm so loud um because it's not fair and and I even I you know I was a person who said well fair doesn't you know fair comes in September well you know what I mean it's not fair it's not fair that there's you know good people go before their time before they should um and that you know hideous people say but um it is yeah yeah so even though being pissed you know at god or whomever you know just being pissed but then also having the courage and strength to take leaps of faith even while being pissed i that that's the part of watching that has just been so inspiring of Okay, so what's the next right step? Okay, what's the what's the next step? Okay, you know, survival has to happen. And but it's not just it's like it's not just survival. It's like you've gone into thriving from the way it looks from from this perspective at least. Like really leaning into something that where you get to make your own unique contribution to to birth that art those creations the yummy goodness thank you into the world and still be you be even more of you maybe and that's beautiful thank you you know um i've always said i mean you know i i will hire me i'll hire me any day of the week i you know um and thriving to me is different than other people would people would look at my situation and it is not thriving i mean you know to them Mm -hmm. um 
you know, I, I, there are things that I want to do that I've never been able to do. I've never been able to travel. Um, you know, not, I mean, not in my adult married life and I've never, uh, I mean, there's, there's, that's a whole other, but so thriving to, to me is, is my soul fulfilled? I mean, if, if I, um, if I can wake up and get excited, which I do, you know, with, with art and with design work or whatever it is that is, um, that has me bubbling over, then that's where I want to be. You know, I, um, I don't, for as many gorgeous, elaborate homes as I've, you know, helped design and worked on, I've never, I've, that's not my thing. I love my little condo. I've always loved small, you know, small spaces. I, you know, uh, four, well, right after I quit the job, I gave up my, my first condo that I lived in Tulsa, moved to a 500 square foot, one bedroom apartment, which actually is right across from me. It's in the fourplex next to me. Uh, that luckily had a Harry Potter kind of uh, area underneath the staircase. It's a complex, so mm -hmm. the way mine was situated, uh, I had a big storage bonus area from, from the stairwell. Well, it fit a twin bed. That was Callaway's rent. I mean, there's sacrifice. You know, there's, uh, <laughs> you do what you have to do. I used to tell them like that. You know, we're broke. We're not poor. <laughs> that's all <laughs> yeah. a whole different thing. Um, and we'll get through this. And I've always told him, whenever he's panicked or you know about his car or whatever, we'll get through it. I don't know how, but we will. Um, somehow I always do. And you know. Uh, and it, it's been really, it's been really hard. People would be surprised. People would really be surprised at um, just how, you know, what all has happened behind the scenes. Yeah. But, you know. So much of, well, if people would, would ditch the judgment and the thinking they know best, what other people's lives should look like mm -hmm. and just honor and support and encourage people living their own lives in accordance with what they need and with their soul's needs at the time, I think life would be so much easier. But so often it's that- You don't have a clue. Yeah. You don't have a clue. clue. Yeah. I mean, and, and you know, not that I want them to have a clue. I don't want people, I don't want people to be in, situation I've been in it's not fun I mean but, you know um but I'm very easily satisfied I am you know um things don't matter to me you know I'm not I'm a material thing like, I don't care about big houses I don't care about cars I don't care about um I just my nesting I told somebody not long ago that um, that nesting is my love language. Um, <laughs> and, you know, that, and it's true. It's like, um, 
I'm happy when when I'm happy in my surroundings, mm-hmm. and and that is what that looks like for me. Mm-hmm. Is you know will look different to somebody else. They they would not. You know they would think that they'd look down on on this. I mean I had I had somebody do that to me like somebody I ran into that was from Muskogee. I uh, ran into in Tulsa, and she said. Um, I hadn't seen her in a long time. Uh, and she said, well, where do you live? And I have to make a comment. And when we got through, as we were going through the story, she was so disappointed that I, that I was renting a condo. And she said, well, I'm worried about you. I hope you will find someone. Uh, I hope you will find someone to take care of you. And I thought, I'm taking care of me. I, you know, I mean, my, my, I'm, you know, sitting there just sort of going, oh, hell, I don't want this. <laughs> like, hold it in, Ann. You know, those, but then she tells me about her cousin or her, my cousin uh, lost her husband or got a divorce. Anyway, she met a really great guy. And now she's living, and she names this, you know, street in there. And I'm like, you don't know me at all. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. don't know that that is not me. I don't care. Send your judgments to yourself. <laughs> With this, we have I've taken so much of your time and I am oh, so we over time. But I'm wondering if people want to connect with you and view your art, taste your delicious pies, where can they find you? Well, um most on Facebook mm-hmm. and I do have a website, but my website uh really is uh it's in need of an overhaul. Um but Facebook. And then I have the shop that is, you know, hit and miss at, um, at 18th in, in Boston. Uh, I post on Facebook when I'm going to be open. And I'm trying so hard to get it to a level of where my freezer has grab and go. But I, but I sell out and I, I can only make so many. I'm only one person. So um, I'm getting there. I'm getting better at it. I'm learning. The ice storm and the snowstorm helped me. Uh, I really worked on my efficiency. Like I, I came up with some really good life hacks for myself so you know I'm working on that constantly um and if they can follow that pie chick on Facebook I'm not a good uh, Instagrammer I need to be I I cannot figure out uh LinkedIn so that's a lot we'll put the the link for uh the pie chick on um to go along with the with the show notes for this conversation and I would just encourage people to reach out and in Tulsa, out of Tulsa, whatever. If you have a chance to try one of Anne's pies, it will, it, it, you will make your taste buds very, very happy. <laughs> you see, so sweet. Thank you. With that, thank you so much for your time. And I really appreciate you coming in and chatting with us today. I hope I just didn't ramble on too much. And I appreciate this. I've really been looking forward to it. Yay. And I love what you're doing. And I love following what you're doing. I, uh, you know, um, I love everything you're bringing you're bringing with you it's just amazing and much needed and you know thank you good for you girl (laughs) thanks well with that we will see you and or you will hear us on the next episode of dirt road divinity thank you so much for joining us today thanks thank you for joining us for this episode of dirt road divinity you can find me your host lisa wade on facebook instagram or youtube at Lisa Wade Alchemy. 
You can also find Ann Davis and That Pie Chick on Facebook as well. 